0: Alright, welcome in, Three Guys Talking Ball Podcast, our first podcast of 2023. It is January fifth, two thousand twenty-three. Alright, I am two for two on saying twenty-three instead of twenty-two this year. So bully for for me. And well, we've got we've got a national championship set up between one team we thought was gonna be there, another team that we didn't. I'm not sure if I'm ready to do a fully deep dive deep into it, but we will. You know, we're we'll, we're tough. We'll face our fears and we'll we'll uh, we'll trek on. The uh, final week of the NFL season is setting up, and we're gonna go go down through the uh, playoff scenarios of what could happen, what's gonna happen, what we think's gonna happen, and what we think's gonna happen is probably gonna be completely off. But you know what? We're gonna say it anywhere, anyways. And the Bison are playing South Dakota State for a chance for their 10th national title. And then, yeah, we'll finish the show up with a uh, preview of the national championship game between Georgia TCU and then wrap it up with Curveball of the Week. But before we uh, really get into everything else, I think it's only fair that we have to start off with what happened, the events that unfolded on Monday night was when uh, between the Bengals and the Bills with 5.58 left in the first quarter, um, what seemed like it was a routine play where the Bills' safety, uh, DeMar Hamlin, went and tackled uh, Bengals receiver T. Higgins, and Hamlin gets up, and then all of a sudden he just suddenly collapsed. And I think everybody kind of has seen what happened in the pushback. I was just going to see, guys, what were you guys watching live? Did you guys see it happen in real time?
1: No, my brother actually Joe texted our group chat with my dad and my Zach and Mike, and he's like, "Did you guys see what happened?" I was like, "No." Went on Twitter, saw the video, and holy hell, that was absolutely mortifying.
2: No, I so I was you know I was watching it live you know on my YouTube TV account, and then I saw the tackle, and I thought thought nothing of it. Um, And then maybe I looked over to to talk to Alec or something else. And then I look up and I see Bill's players waving at the sideline and the training staff coming um, to rush to DeMar. And I'm like, and at first, your first, your first mindset is, is is he moving his fingers? Is, Is he moving his feet? What's going on there? And then I thought I saw a little bit of that. And then after a while he's just laying on the floor, ESPN kept going to commercials and not coming back. And now you're thinking, oh my God, this is, this, this is awful. Like this, this is just, it's horrifying and frightening and just, your mind goes to the worst possible thing. But no, I didn't, I didn't see him. I didn't see the collapse or anything like that. I just unfortunately saw him, you know, on the ground motionless. And you instantly think, oh, I hope he's got movement in all his extremities.
0: Yeah. And I, I was, I didn't see it live either. I had it I was recording it another podcast that was doing doing a special NDSU SDSU podcast and I had my iPad next to me and I kind of had it on just kind of trying to keep a keep an eye on what was going on and all of a sudden I look over and you know they I see the the ambulance and you know the stretcher and them panning in out on guys not really sure I had the volume down too and then um, it showed a clip of Stefan Dix crying and I was like, oh man, what is going on here? And then we finished the podcast and I'm talking to uh, Zach Willis, who was, uh, I was recording with. And, you know, I asked, you know, have you been following this Monday, the Monday night game at all? And he said, no, not really. And then he went on to Twitter and was like, and I, and was like scrolling. He's like, yeah, this is all over my feet. I don't know what happened. And then I kind of turned the volume back up and we were still just kind of talking after we were done recording. And then I'm scrolling on Twitter and it was like, this guy, he just collapsed. And then there still just was nothing happening, nothing happening. And then uh, once him and I got done talking and went our separate ways, I went back out into my living room, turned the TV on trying to see what was going on. And then there was, you know, that was when they took him away in the ambulance, it was like, oh man, this is serious. And then things started coming out. Like we had our group chat was going where he was, you know, they were administering CPR, um, you know, and they were getting ready to go and play. And then thankfully, the two coaches, uh, Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott, came out or Zach Taylor came over to the Bills sideline and kind of talk. They talked it out and just said that we. Our guys, we're not in the right headspace, and you know we 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 can't play. And it, it was clearly a thousand percent the right decision for sure. Um You know that's that's a brother out there to a lot of the guys. That's a teammate, a friend, somebody's child. Um, I don't know if he has kids or not, but I don't believe. I don't believe. Okay, moment. But but you you understand what I'm I'm getting at? Where it was like the watching somebody give cpr that's just something you you don't come back from like where just the collapse and then all of a sudden like that's just something that you can't like that that's just hard to watch like it was just so surreal you think nothing like that'll ever happen and especially from like a play that happens a cup at least a couple of times a game and then for him to just get up and just go into cardiac arrest—it's just something you're, you'll, you just don't see. And hopefully, he sounds like he continually he continues to improve. Um, hopefully, it can stay in that trend. We obvi- we offer our thoughts and prayers to him and his family. And it was cool to see, um, you know, the stadium. I saw there was a section of the stadium praying be our father together. Um he had a toy drive that he was hoping to raise twenty five hundred dollars for is now up to six million. Um just to see the out the out uh, the outpouring of support that he him and his family have gotten it is really cool to see and it's a uh you know something that you know it doesn't matter what else is going on but you know the focus is is this guy's well
2: being Oh, exactly. And did you guys hear what Zach Taylor said today at his press conference um, when he first went over there to speak to Sean McDermott? No. He said the first thing was, is I need to be at the hospital. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't coach this football game right now. I need, I need to be here with DeMar. And, and, you know, at that instance they knew this, you know, human life is much more important than a game. Screw the business side of this. Who cares what the NFL has to say? You can't, you can't play this game going on. And when they first announced that, oh, they might warm up or they were going to post a game was suspended or something like that, I, I said right away, you know what? These Bills players are going to tell the NFL to just, you know, we, we can't do this right now. It's this isn't fair. We need to we need to know how our teammate is. And it was like you said, it was the right choice. You can't go off and play this game with this in the back of your head, especially. When you see them, like you said, giving your teammate CPR and they have to hit, pull out the AED machine to jolt his heart um, back into rhythm, too, it's, it's, it's horrifying. Did you hear Dick's yeah. story? I didn't hear Dick's story.
0: No. I, I saw, I saw him going to the hospital, which is another point too. Is is we have to commend the athletic trainers and the EMT workers who were quick to get there. And there was, I know there was one I. I don't remember what I where I was listening to, but I heard of how one of the uh, one of the athletic trainers was positioning people to kind of surround him, so he when he was getting CPR, it wasn't in the sight of anybody, and just the quickness and you know where people can think like oh seconds minutes it doesn't really matter. Well, in that in this type of scenario, it it a thousand percent did it. Mm-hmm you know, in one sense, hopefully if he is able, when he's able to pull through this, you know, being, being at a football game where you're surrounded by people and you're surrounded by medical personnel where people can act that fast, you know, that probably and hopefully saved his life. So you have to commend our uh, healthcare and, athletic trainers who were quick on the spot and knew what they were doing and it just shows the importance of knowing of um cpr training and it's not a hard thing to do it's something that everybody can go do and everybody should go do because it's you you don't know when something like that's going to happen and that can make the difference between somebody living and dying
2: Well, and I, I heard yesterday that, you know, each meeting before an NFL game, the referees and the uh, medical staff, the physical trainer, the physician, the athletic trainer, they have a meeting before games where they kind of put in, you know, a plan, an action plan in case something like this happens. And they say, hey, if one player does go into a cardiac arrest, who is the lead? Um, so we, so you have a visual, um, you can say, hey, it's, you know, um, you know, Dr. Steve over here from Buffalo. So then, for some reason, if this happens and it's a one in a million scenario, you you have those precious seconds and you don't have to worry about, oh, who's calling the shots, uh, and everything like that. So yeah, you know what? This is the first time I'm guessing the NFL has ever had to execute this plan. But this meeting before kickoff, like you said, you know, save this young man's life. Yeah. Um. Go ahead.
1: What was what was Diggs' story? Um. He tried to go to the hospital at, like midnight, one a.m. He Ubered there. He had to have the Cincinnati Bengals ESPN beat writer vouch for him to get in because there were so many fans and stuff out there. Like they weren't going to let him in until the beat writer, like literally, told them this is Stefan Diggs. This is his teammate. Like that's how he got in. Oh wow, that's crazy! Like he actually had to like physically like force his way in almost.
2: Yeah. And yeah cuz when I saw the reactions live Diggs was the first one I saw and once once I saw him in tears like that that's when you knew oh no this is bad like this yeah. something is happening that shouldn't be happening right now so yeah, diggs like you know that was that was the first guy I saw where I was like oh boy this is this is scary and mortifying and something's happening that shouldn't be happening
0: Yeah, yeah. and um, the, the Josh Allen um, Josh Allen's face is another one that I kind of remember distinctly. Where he, it looked like he just seen a ghost. His face was pale white. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then and then you go. Grant's the smart one and doesn't have Twitter or is locked out of his Twitter account. And
2: it's fantastic, by the way.
0: The 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 Skip Bayless tweet was. I I think he's getting way more. S- he's getting drug under the rug way more than he should because i i don't i think partially because his his the, the comprehension skill of skills of this country to be able to actually read everything and not just what you want to read because what he tweeted out i can guarantee you at park avenue in new york there was discussion of how things were going to get drug or how they were going to p- continue to play this game and he uh and he tweeted it out, I, I don't know Grant if you have seen the tweets yet but um you know he he said there's no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game but how this late in the season a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome which suddenly seems so irrelevant which he's saying like the outcome of this game doesn't matter it's this it's Demar Hamlin's life and he just got drug under the rug maybe it was it was poor timing but those the difficult conversations of postponing the game and or continuing to play they definitely were going on like, there's no – anybody who follows the NFL or has a – I guess you could say a functional brain, knew that there were discussions of how this game was going to start back up. I don't think you can start it. And, honestly, at this point, I don't
1: even know how they'd even play it. Like, there's not time for it. I don't know like, I don't know what they're going to do. But, like, there's no way you can even play this game. You're talking about, like, player safety – this would completely go against it because either way you're going to be looking at what? Four to five days max
0: play like a game COVID effort. where they'd play it. Like they'd play it on like Wednesday or
2: something because they're not playing it this week. And so then here's the logistical questions about that is, is the city of Phoenix has a Super Bowl plant, hotels, entertainment, music, people coming in from out of town and, Things are booked like that. Are you going to just scrap all of that to determine who potentially wins the AFC North and if Buffalo can get can get a one-seat or not? That's the logistical nightmare. I don't think the NFL wants to get around because the city of Phoenix, the following weekend, who knows? They could have, uh, let's say a- – Well, the waste management is going on that same weekend mm-hmm. in Phoenix but, as well. But even then the next – let's say the next weekend, let's say Phoenix, um, you know, where the Suns play, they – They're on the, let's say it's the all-star break, the NBA all-star break. And they're like, you know, Hey, they're, they're going to have a monster truck rally or, you know, something else going on in that city. There's just such a logistical nightmare to push this game back one week. Just, just this game, not the whole league, just this game one week. I just don't know how the NFL can figure this out. And I'm glad I'm not in that situation.
1: Honestly, just give them a tie.
0: Yeah, it might be might be the only way for now cuz yeah, I don't I don't see it being them playing a game Sunday and then logistically it would almost have to be a, a Wednesday. They'd have to play finish the game Wednesday and then either play you you'd have to do it Sunday or Monday unless they wanted to have two Monday night two two games on Monday. That would be the only I think what Monday, what what two games Monday are you talking about? So no, like I'm saying, like so because week the last week of the regular season is Sunday. Mm -hmm. They would finish this game Wednesday. So today, next Wednesday, I'm saying I'm so because week 18 starts Sunday, and then they would complete this game, the Bills-Bengals game. Next Wednesday, the twelfth.
1: Okay.
0: And then they would have to duo the playoff games of their, the, So if, if the Bills the if the Bills were to win and they'd get the one seed, they'd have a bye. Hmm. You would almost have to make the Bengals that Bengals playoff game, I think they're right now depending well, and it depends on what happened. If they beat Baltimore. That would almost have to be the Monday night game, as far as from a player safety perspective. Oh
2: man i i don't I don't like that.
0: Which we don't have to. We that will we'll we'll, just, we'll cross the bridge when we get there. We'll we can move on from this. You know.
1: Well, I saw someone else. that might have been Pro Football Talk tweet. If say the say the Bills or the uh, Bengals make it to the AFC Championship and they give the one seat to the Chiefs. Do they make it be a neutral site or something like that, for not having that extra game?
0: Oh, they could
2: determine who actually won the huh. game. Mm-hmm.
0: That that is interesting. What do
2: they just meet in Detroit or something? Or
1: I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe don't be don't. Yeah, Chicago would be cool, but I mean that's kind of in between. But the field shit. So I mean,
2: you probably won't. you could do Pittsburgh. You go to Heinz Field. That's in between. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not too far i mean tennessee you know Demar. that's just, that's pittsburgh's hometown that that'd be kind of hopefully he's that would be kind of cool yeah that'd be, kinda, that'd be cool uh, or go
0: up to cleveland and uh, finally they'd get to see a playoff game honestly tennessee's
1: like not like in between but it's probably about the same distance for both teams
2: so tennessee would be a lot closer for cincinnati oh cincinnati's right there you're right that's right, right, here. right yeah okay like, like three hours north of nashville um, I I don't know. That's such a because it's strange. right on the
0: Kentucky border. It's close.
2: Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, guys, actually is like Fargo, Moorhead, where like the Cincinnati. Yes, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, is like actually in Kentucky.
1: Well, we were looking at it like because we're me and Hannah might go down to Louisville with their brother, and literally, it's like boom, boom, like in like like uh, Indiana and Louisville, like Kentucky is literally just like Fargo,
2: Moorhead. Yeah, it's okay. Of, yeah, the, the, that part of Indiana that kind of curves down.
1: Yep, it literally is like the other side of the river yeah. to
2: Nashville. Yep,
1: or excuse me to Louisville. So it's they're all right there. Cincinnati's like right there at the, at
0: the tip of Ohio too. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll discuss it when that when that time comes. But how was you guys' New Year's? It was great. We spent it uh, we spent it cuddling, watching football together.
2: Oh perfect it was just fantastic a lot of chicken yep. to um with some steak some steak and a little uh a little dessert little football life was good I came not yeah, get...
0: yeah. It didn't yeah I was i uh, went went on a party bus um I suppose you guys want to talk the uh, college football playoff games huh no they weren't that good.
2: We've had we've had better we've had better weekends for semifinal games
0: yeah well from a game and competitiveness i think this is the first time we've had a playoff where both games were competitive and came down to a final possession
2: oh without question because most most semi-final games weekends so far have been trash yeah.
0: yeah well yeah it was either there'd be there'd be like one so like in like the first year was Ohio State, Alabama, 15, none, 16, none. none, 17,
2: Georgia, Oklahoma.
0: Georgia, Oklahoma, yep, yep, 18, none, 19, Clemson, Ohio State, 20, none, 21, none, and then, yeah, this one, which... Saw so, TCU win, beat Michigan fifty-one forty-five. Michigan, it felt like the three weeks off. It felt like they overprepared, where they just did. They got away from their identity. They, you know, uncharacteristic mistakes. They had a time where it was three trips to the red zone. They had three points, a turnover on downs, a fumble at the one-yard line. Um, just uncharacter uncharacteristic mistakes they got they got out
1: yeah why did they try to hand the ball off at of the one yard line to a fucking linebacker
0: uh, well he did play fullback um, he, they moved him the week of the Ohio State game because he was the one that threw the uh, so through that jump past the Schoonmaker and he had he had two touchdowns to uh, he had two touchdowns in the Big Ten Championship game but,
2: was Donovan Edwards hurt, or were we trying to get cute?
0: Oh, it was just it was just a quick give fullback dive, and he didn't he didn't get his
2: arm up big enough. No, nope. I think because he doesn't have the experience, and he yes, and that was exactly that's not good.
0: And well, and the other part of it too was, um, you know, what what did the ref call? Yes, but the play before. Probably was a touchdown, but it was the play not before that, that was probably pass interference, like you said. What the ref call? You know, I'm don't change. We're not talking about this is the Michigan on defense. We're talking
2: this, about Michigan on offense. This is just me. If you're Michigan, you have but
0: also though the other part too is is just QB sneak it. Thank you. You gain me. two extra blockers. Thank you. And you have an athletic quarterback, which is another part where it's like, you know, and they didn't use start using JJ's legs until it was too late. But if they use that from the start, because they haven't hardly shown it all year, they did right away when he first got in, and then they kind of just didn't use it at all because they didn't really need to because they had Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, and you know we talked about it in the in the uh, preview episode of you know Michigan has to force TCU to kick field goals in the red zone. TCU didn't kick. TCU converted all of their red zone opportunities into touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Michigan didn't credit to TCU their defense. bowed up, they played tough. They you know they play a 3-3-5 three, three, but they're physical in there. They're, they that nose tackle is a big dude who caused a lot of problems. Um you know uh TCU they you know they made the plays when they had to. Michigan didn't. Dugan um, ripped your blitz, like destroyed. Yeah, he did, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the Quinton Johnson, the seventy whatever yard yard touchdown, where, um, you know, it was. If DJ Turner makes that tackle, who knows? We M- Michigan might be playing on Monday night, but, um, you know, credit credit to TCU, and I think you got to give credit to Max Duggan, too because. This was a guy that was benched to start the year, and he could have it, 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 with transfer portal, all of that. He could have just left and said, "Oh, these coaches don't like me. You know, poor me. You know, I I'm not going to play here." Mm-hmm. But he stuck it out, and he's playing for a national title on Monday night. And there was I was l- listening to uh, Bruce Feldman on the Rich Eisen show today. And he was talking about how there were de coordinators in the Big 12 told Bruce that they were telling teams, defenses, to not hurt Duggan because they didn't want to play his backup, who was the original starter. No kidding. Who yep.
2: was his backup? Yeah. It was like Chad Morris or something like that. Chad I Morris think. Jr.? Maybe I mean because Chad Morris, he was the old coach at Arkansas and SMU, remember, and formerly, um, yeah. coordinator at uh, at Clemson.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if it. Uh, I'll let you guys do your reaction to the game, and uh, I'll look it up and get you an answer by the by the uh, by the time uh, you guys are done talking.
2: Well one one thing I noticed is is you know Dylan they showed up that the stat for Michigan over these last like six years in you know, their, their bowl games and it's lost, loss, 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 loss. So I'm just curious if Michigan as a whole, like for their coaching staff, if this is a, a gym thing that he needs to self-evaluate or his assistants, why is this long layoff getting the best of them? I just, that's so thing I, I just kind of saw as like a broad statement because it's like, have not had success in this postseason really since his first year there. I mean, ever since then, it starts with that loss to Florida State, and it's like, you know, you truly want to be an elite program. You have to win a postseason game and just not beat Ohio State, you know, the Saturday of Thanksgiving. Um, With that in, to your point, they were uncharacteristic, I think, in this game with their play calling. Uh, Their defense seems – you know, to be out of place, missed tackles. So just I don't know, something was off with this team. Maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe they thought, hey, we can beat the hell out of these guys. You know, they play in the big twelve. They've played in like I think ten one possession games this year and they won them all. They just they just they didn't look prepared. And it, it seems like unfortunately that's a trend.
0: Yeah, I th- I think sometimes too with that long layoff where I think sometimes coaches They just overthink things. They think, oh well, if we stick with what we do best, you know, we we can't, but you know, they they over prepare, they overthink, they they do try to put in too many new wrinkles, maybe. I don't I don't that I can think of that where it's like kids aren't you know, it's some tougher, more difficult concepts where I think you need to go simpler with in these bigger games where you just you just play fast you focus on what you do, like what we talked about is is just do what you do best, Mm -hmm. go, and when you know what you're going to do and you know where a guy's going to be or where where you have to be and you have the defense or offense guessing, that you gain an advantage because you're just faster and you're quicker where your brain's going. And then, you know, if you bring in these new wrinkles and a bunch of different things schematically where it's like, Kids are, you know, they're sitting there thinking, do I do this? You where you're second guessing yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. And 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 historically, Michigan has not done well. Even this is before Harbaugh, where they've really struggled after bowls. Like you go look up like Bo Schembeckler, he's got a f- sub five hundred bowl record. I and I don't know, maybe it's because that Ohio State and you know, for the longest time where Winning, beating, beating Ohio State, and then winning the Big Ten championship are the two biggest objectives. In the, on your, uh, on your goal sheet, that you're just almost too worn out by the end of it. I don't. That's kind of what I'm thinking of, maybe. And like when I read uh, Bo Schmehmbeckler's autobiography he talked about it where it was like I don't I know I don't have the best bowl record and I think it's possibly because they've put so much into uh into beating beating Ohio State and beating and winning the Big 10 championship and right now at this point um we if we want to go the mirror positivity here is Michigan's going to bring back, they're going to bring back their quarterback. J.J. is going to have an entire spring ball to throw with the receivers because he was out last year in spring because of a shoulder injury. Uh, Donovan Edwards is going to be back. I don't particularly believe this, but there's been some steam of Blake Corum possibly returning. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, him back. If, they're bringing. Did. What's that?
1: You'd have to wonder if Edwards would even stay if
0: Corum came back. Oh, yeah, I think he would. Mm,
2: I don't just, see why he I'm wouldn't. I'm just curious.
1: His portal era, I don't know if he
2: would. And with these running backs, if I'm, if you're Blake Corum, you, you had a great year, maybe one of the best years in Michigan history. Uh, coming back to Michigan, how was that going to help you in the NFL standpoint? Go and get your bread. Go Yeah, go well, get your money. Not, exactly. And you can oh. always come back to Michigan and be a legend in Ann Arbor if football doesn't work out in the NFL, you just walk anywhere to Ann Arbor and say, Hey, I'm Blake Corum, and People are, they're going to be throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars at you. So, and especially now coming off this knee injury, why come back to Michigan and have another 300 carries? Just go to the pro, get your, go to the pros, get your bag and, you know, start building generational wealth.
0: Yeah. And uh, they've got a good, Good recruit that they're pretty high on coming in with in uh, Cole Cabana and then um CJ Stokes, he'll have a off season to get bigger, learn the playbook, have a full spring ball. Um the the offensive line, they've they're gonna lose a couple of guys, they'll lose Olu, Olu Atimi, but they've had some really nice uh plug-ins with the transfer portal and uh you know. Uh, Colson Loveland will be back. They got a tight end from Indiana through the transfer portal. Uh, the cupboard's definitely not there. And, you know, this team is going to be, will be back. And I would expect them to be, you know, you could probably say they might be the favorite in the big 10 going into the year, just based on who they return with a returning quarterback, because Ohio state Stroud is probably gone. Uh, Sean Clifford is gone. Um, you know, and the rest of the Big Ten is still, as from a talent level, is still pretty far behind those three teams, I would say. Don't hate on
1: Athen. Okay. The Greek freak is coming.
2: Uh, as, I think there's only one Greek freak. And in, in all seriousness, we need to respect Giannis. Yeah. Um, I'm just. He, he, he plays in Milwaukee. I just, I, I know Milwaukee's an absolute shithole. Fine. we'll call him AKA. That, that, that's fair. Yeah, but the Greek Freak is reserved for one person, And one person only, and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo there in Milwaukee. He's also called the Greek Rifle. Is another one people have called him. Okay, that's fair. I can get on board with that. But like I said, the Greek Freak is reserved for one guy, and his name that's, is Giannis. I suppose you're right. Oof. So,
0: but you guys got anything else on the uh, Michigan TCU game? I just thought Michigan wasn't ready for
1: TCU's quickness on the defensive line. Like, I don't think they were expecting that. Your center struggled so bad versus them. I don't know what it was, whether he just wasn't expecting it, wasn't prepared
0: for it or what, but uh, I thought the center was brutal. But, yeah, that that was the worst game he's played all year. And he was the he was the top center in the country this year. And just picked the bad bad day to have first day of the year. Small state of Spain. Let's be real. He, I'm saying that Olu Atimi won the best center in the nation award, though.
2: What's I don't care.
0: Case? But I don't care. No,
2: guys, I think you know. You, let's not forget, you know, TCU they play that three three five defense, and you know, ever since Matt Campbell's got to Iowa State. It seems like that whole conference is implementing that, and that's a tough—that's a tough defensive front to take on if you haven't seen it with those live bullets. Because to Ethan's point, those defensive linemen and those linebackers—they're so quick, and you can do so many different games. Um, you know, with, with that scheme, you, as offensive linemen, they start to overthink. They're like, "Hey, w- when we practice this, um, this you know." Redshirt freshman walk on. Uh, he he. His card said he did this, but the guy across from me in the TCU uniform, he did he did something else. And I'm not ready for this. So, you know, Ethan, you know, TCU they did a good job because they schemed it up because that three three five is tough to face. Um, you know, the nose can go one way. You have stack line the stack linebacker positions where you know, these, these Michigan guards, you have to block someone in space and they're necessarily not used to that. They're used to hitting someone in a phone booth. And sometimes that can take a while to get used to. And when Michigan seemed like they were kind of getting it down and they knew where guys were going to be, it was too late. And they had to throw it all the time. And they, you know, they couldn't establish that running game like what they have all year. So just in that aspect, credit to CCU's um, defensive coaching staff, because they use that three, three, five to their advantage and it helped them get a big lead.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Michigan, I the last thing I say before we move on, um, credit to Michigan because, you know, where they got down three scores would have be been easy, easy for them to just kind of throw in the towel where previous years it would have felt like that, and they didn't necessarily have the, uh, the quick strike ability that they had this year with, with them, um, JJ McCarthy, um, you know, it was credit to Michigan where they at least made it a game. They had, a, they gave themselves a chance to win at the end, and even in the end, they just fell short. Uh, I guess it was, it was closer than last year, and
2: maybe third time's the charm. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, your point, Dylan. Because this year, at least, people weren't saying after that game, did they deserve to be here? Like, yeah. like what, like what people said last year. Oh well, Ohio State
0: would have given Georgia a much better game. Well, you know, Ohio State had their chance last year, and, and they got ran out of the off the field. So that this is, you know, another credit to TCU, where people were saying, "Did they deserve to be here?" Yeah, they they deserve to be here. You know, yes, were they would they have been an underdog against Alabama? Probably, but. At some point, on-field results have to matter. And TCU was one of the best teams all year, and now they're they're playing for a national title. Well, I don't like it, but it is what it is. That's life.
2: Just wasn't Michigan's day. Well, you know, when you win all the one-possession games like TCU won this year, you're making winning plays. Yep.
0: And so... I suppose let's uh, let's go down to the uh, the Peach State and the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, where Georgia beat Ohio State forty-two forty-one, and you know we talked about it in our last week's episode that if Ohio State wanted a shot to win this game, C.J. Stroud was going to have to let his inner Brian out. Well, you know what? I'll tip my cap to C.J. He did let his inner Brian out. He played well. He gave them. A shot shot to win. Uh, it, was, it was an incredible game. Ohio State found themselves up, and it felt like I was going to be just an awful, awful championship game between Ohio State, TCU, and I would have had to accept the fact that Michigan blew out Ohio State on their field, and then Ohio State gets a third-base national title. And it just would have been terrible. And I was sitting there thinking, like, this cannot happen. Ohio State cannot win. Please don't let Ohio State win. And when the game hung in the balance, Georgia's quarterback, Stetson Bennett, made clutch play after clutch play. The Ohio State's jockstrap is still on the 40-yard line at the Peach Bowl or at Uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium. And then the throw he made to, I can't even, I wasn't even sure. I was actually walking into a bar um, off the party bus when they, when he threw that go ahead touchdown. So I got to watch the last 50 seconds and I'm watching them drive down, Ohio State drive down and they get into field goal range after a Incredible C.J. Stroud run, probably, probably his longest run of the game. And they they just got, like, too conservative. And I, I don't understand why, because they still had a couple of timeouts where, you know, they had – there was a almost sack on third down where that would have completely taken them out of field goal range, and they would have had to try a – try a – Hail Mary and then the play before that I I didn't understand why they wouldn't try to run like a QB power a play that they have had had success on before to get a little bit closer make it a a little bit manageable and when I saw Ruggles lining up for and I couldn't quite tell of how far it was going to be and I see 50 yards I was like okay I feel a little bit better about this because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're a professional or In college, a 50-yard kick is a long kick, and it is. Unless your name is Justin Tucker, it's not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. And he was not close. And I was jumping up and down, excited, like, yes, thank you. There is a God. He doesn't completely hate my guts. (laughs) And Georgia saved it, and it it was a glorious day. And that is why I am wearing a Georgia shirt today.
2: When when the hell did you get a Georgia shirt?
0: Uh, af- I'm trying to think. When did I get this? Probably like three days ago. No.
2: Yeah, what did, it no. Ship? Did, it, did it come to your house on just the thirtieth? Did not. It did not. I I've had it for a few
0: years. I. That's the first. Time. Oh, I I know I I know when I got this. So I was when uh, the the Netflix series QB One was streaming in the first season when they had a. Uh, uh, Jake Fromm, I really liked him, and I thought he was going to be a stud. That was when I bought the shirt because I, I liked Jake Fromm, and so it's your that's fault why I bought sucked. it. Dang. He played in the
2: NFL, doing better than us. Yeah, yeah he's, he's doing, he's doing better than us. Let's, let's. We don't know what he's up
0: to now, though. So he's still in the NFL. Well, yeah, he's not. A- I think he plays for. He's. I think he's on the Giants practice squad.
1: Okay, he's doing great. He holds a clipboard. For no, he gets paid six hundred thousand. Great for, good for him.
2: Yeah. So he's he he's not he's not taking the physical abuse. He makes a bunch more money than we do. Unfortunately, he has to live in New Jersey slash New York. That sounds awful.
0: Oh, actually, no. He is a uh, place for the Commanders.
2: Oh well, that's that's rather unfortunate. He's on there. Hey, he's this, on their well, practice squad. Back
0: up here pretty
1: quick. So you know what? Well, good for him.
2: But yeah, he, no, he he he's he's clearly doing better than us. And that's okay. Yeah, I'm not afraid to admit it.
0: Nope.
2: But anyways, back to the game. But dude, what about the best timeout call? Yes, in college, absolutely. That was crazy. And I mean, you know, Kirby Kirby Smart's going to get the credit for it, but no, that's bullshit. That's the coaches upstairs. Yeah. That's, that's the special teams, your quality control coach. Hell, maybe your offensive coordinator upstairs getting down, saying, hey, Kirby, take this timeout. This formation's not right. Timeout, timeout. Because th- that first down was had. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 they ran it, and he had it. Yeah. You know, that, that first down was had. That game was over, and Ohio State was going to advance.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring that up, and then I got to talking about that last drive. So I completely just skipped over that, but I I figured one of you two were going to bring it up. So, But yeah, that was incredibly smart, on your toes, like just quick to even just get it because who knows, that's such a 50-50 thing of like if if you're even going to get it because that was like right before that ball was snapped.
2: Well, and I guess though, like they said in the broadcast, when these coaches go to officials and they call for a timeout, if they hear it, If they hear it before the play is snapped, even if it takes him a second to get that whistle in his mouth and and blow the play dead, he gets that timeout. So he, you know, he saved Georgia's team in Georgia's season by just probably a matter of mere seconds. Yeah. But then also, you know, when Stetson Bennett needed to be big time in the fourth quarter, guys, he was, what, 10 of 12, I think for like 193 yards and two tutties. So you know, something like he, that. Yeah, he shook off some early, early game struggles. You know, with that bad interception he had, and even on the first drive of the game, on that that third down run, he pulled the ball from his running back. He gives that to his running back. He walks into the end zone. You know, Stetson, Stetson was out of character in this game too early, but he was able to uh, keep his composure and calm down, and make plays when he needed to in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and they, they didn't
2: panic. Go ahead, Yee. You
1: mentioned how good Stroud played. Honestly, that might have been his best game he's ever played, Period. regardless of this year, last yeah. year. Ever. I, like, his I, presence I think, was absolutely unbelievable.
2: And Ohio State fans have to be thinking this. why? Where were his legs the last two years? Yeah. Yeah. W- where was this? Like, he was already out. They, the they were saving it for kids. this one. Hmm. I get
1: he's already a top 10 pick whoever gets the number two pick the Bears are going to get an absolute ransom for them to go get Stroud. like it's they're going to get ridiculous
2: well did you guys see that if the Bears lose this weekend there's a chance they get the first pick
0: they're going to get like six what first if Houston if Houston wins or something
2: well here Houston has that tie so they the would be three 13 and one the Bears three
0: and 14 oh sh- yeah you're right
2: and all of a sudden, Justin Fields has a bad hip this week. Hmm.
0: I don't see that there's any way that this goes wrong for Minnesota.
2: It's Minnesota. Something will go they're wrong. Playing,
0: playing, and they're playing.
2: Of all quarterbacks, Nathan Peterman. The neck. He's he's gonna get him. Oh wait, no, that's Mike Glennon. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> hey, well, he might be playing for the Dolphins now. Oh dear God, they're screwed. <laughs> But also, guys, back to this game. Ohio State—they have to sit back and be thinking about this. This is the game about like what could have been. Um, you know, you don't have Trayvon Henderson before the game. Marvin Harrison has to sit out after taking a shot in the end zone. Um, cheap shot. Of that. I, that didn't look like a cheap shot to me. That just looked like I they didn't think to make playing so the ball. Um, that's just that's, that's that's football. You know, it's a physical, nasty game, and people people get hurt.
0: Um, no, I was just kidding.
2: That's a football play. But yeah, um, <laughs> but don't when do. you see it live, Ethan, holy shit! You're thinking that's a dirty play. Dead. He took his head mean, off. Yeah, you're like, oh my god! Yeah, no, he landed, he landed his shoulder. Yeah, um, and then was it Stover the tight end who fell? Yeah, and had to go to the hospital. Is that a, that had to be a kidney? Right, right, guys. When you fall oh, on your hip so. like that, and and you have to go to the hospital.
1: I think so. I, it has a something like that. I don't know. Enough lower left back.
2: Yeah, but yeah, Ohio State just with the amount of injuries that they had and to be this close, they're going to be thinking about what could have been for a long time had some of these guys not gotten hurt. But unfortunately, yeah. it's part of the game. There's you know, it's just it's hearsay and it's fun things for us to speculate and talk about, but that's not, you know, no one's going to feel bad for Ohio State cuz they had injuries. Yeah, it's just it's the way it, the way it goes, the way the game is played.
0: Because Washington went out early for Georgia too.
1: That's
0: right. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's this this late in the season, you're going to have injuries. It's,
2: well, it's you just, know, Nolan Smith had a torn pec and hasn't played since the Vanderbilt game for Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, without and without him, Jalen Carter's a one man show, and that Georgia defense does not have as good as the pass rush. Um. So that that you know that'll be interesting to see. Wasn't that yeah, the wide
1: receiver's and, first game back too?
2: Yeah, since like week two. Yeah. Uh, was it Macintosh?
1: No, not Macintosh. No, it was number six. It was the other guy.
2: Well, I thought I thought I thought he that was his first game back since week two. Because his only the I'm only tell, the guy that caught the game winning touchdown.
0: Yeah. You're talking. Uh well, cause they said that was his that he's had like one other touchdown in his career, and it was in the uh, it was in the national championship game last year, I think.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: And it was you it was Adon- Adon- Donnie Mitchell, that's yeah. that caught the game winner, and then he Arian Smith had the seventy six yarder. Uh, but the other part too of it is is that, you know, Kirby, where it felt like when they were down. I think it was 38-24 with, like, eight minutes left. He kicked the field goal. Credit to him to kicking the field goal where it was, well, and they converted a fourth down the play before, or the the uh, um,
2: For, set, set.
0: earlier on that drive with uh, Bowers, and it was, I was part where I was on a bus, so I was kind of, it was kind of, my phone was loading, so we were leaving right as it was fourth down, and I didn't know what they were going to do. And I finally was able to get my phone pulled up and be able to watch it. And they were reviewing it. And the other part, too, that sucked about, like, watching it on my phone and being in a bar is I didn't get to hear the broadcast at all. So I had no idea what was going on.
2: Oh, yeah. with the Because, um, yeah, the whole play is when Bowers was on the sideline. And the ball is clearly behind the sticks. But he's in the air. And you know that weird caveat with the rule, since his left hand was on the ground, he's still still technically in So then, when he's falling forward and his hand is off the ground, then the ball is past the first down marker and it's a first down. That's, I mean that makes no sense though because like I, if you oh, go I'm in the, right there with you. You know,
0: I'll just say this because I saw it on blurry the phone. My saw it on my phone. And just watching it on my phone, it looked like a first down to me. So I'm just gonna roll with it that it was a first down. Uh, if that was, a, if, that
1: was a, if they said he was a touchdown, that's not a touchdown because the ball is outside the the pylon. So I, I just don't get why it's a first down.
2: It's football. First downs and touchdowns, catches and play catches in the end zones don't make any sense. No one knows. Nobody knows a damn thing.
1: No. They say we're, if we if we roll a six, it's a touchdown. If we roll a six,
2: anything else, it's it's nothing. Yeah. Like, but yeah, and then you know, Ohio State for like the first time it seemed like all year was a- consistently able to get their ground game going. And I remember Ethan saying this, and I think he's probably right. You know, would have been nine times out of ten had the way this game played, when Ohio State got their running game going, you're thinking there no one's stopping these guys. Yeah, and to do it without, and to do it without Travion Henderson too, it's like no one's no one's stopping these guys.
0: And pretty Mayan Williams didn't play a lot either, though. Mm-mm. Either did yes. he? And series. so they were. They were with. Uh, it was Dallin Hayden, the true freshman out of Memphis, and then uh, Arizona State transfer. Who I can't think of the guy's name, mm-hmm. but and and then CJ was also effective with his legs. I'm looking up here what his total total it rushing be close was. To to be. I bet
2: you it's sixty or seventy yards. Sixty-five.
0: It was, it was twelve rushes, thirty-four yards. Some of that sacks. sacks. Long of 27, but I I think he had, I think, yeah, some of it had to be with, like, sacks, because he took a decent amount of sacks. And and they were, like,
2: sacks where he lost, like, 12 yards at a time.
0: Yeah, there was a couple big ones. So, let's see here. I don't know if it'll show.
2: Well, he was sacked four times. How many yards did it it say?
0: Uh, It doesn't say yards. Oh, okay. But, yeah, because... There's quite a few that I'm thinking of where it was it was eight to ten yards behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was yeah, he probably that that's obviously his net rushing, but I bet you if you take away the sacks, it was probably probably closer to seventy
2: eighty almost, I wanna say.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then also, you know, also another another same person you gotta give credit to is, is Ryan Day. Yeah, his, he had those guys ready to play. He, they were ready to play. He took an absolute pounding these these last five weeks, but he didn't didn't let the white noise from the media affect him. And his team was ready to play, and you know he he did his job. And they tried to put him in the best way possible, you know, to win this game. And it just it didn't work out. But they looked prepared, and they weren't scared. Um, you know, playing. And I think some people probably thought before, maybe including me that Ohio State's going to go down, they're in Georgia's backyard defending national champs, the big, bad Bulldogs. This isn't Ohio State's identity. They're going to be a little scared to play them, and they're going to get their ass kicked. But they were ready to play. They weren't scared. And, you know, they're probably one injury away or maybe a different two play calls there at the end of the game from playing in a national championship.
0: Yeah, I'm looking right now, and he had – Sacks of ten yards and nine yards. Eighteen. So there's fifty-six uh, right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ten yards, nine yards, uh, five yards, so twenty-four. Uh, and this is this is
1: great radio, by the way. Hey, we're figuring it out. We're doing math.
2: Sorry, what, math. sixty four yards right now?
1: I think so.
2: Yeah. Minus the sacks.
1: And. Uh...
0: Well, while he's and counting. 12 this, yards.
1: 12 yards. Okay.
0: So, you had, so 76. So, 76. Roughly? 76. Yeah. So, yeah. Give or take. But. Uh, yeah. So. Grant, I was just
1: going to say while Dylan was doing the math, uh, two of our final four teams are matching up tonight, and it's been a great game so far. Um, uh,
2: who's who's who we got again? Who's it? Who's it? Who's who's it? and Baylor. T- ah, yes. Mm. Great game. Yeah, so that far. would
0: be uh that'd be quite the year for TCU—a national championship and a Final Four appearance. That's twelve and one right now.
2: Things are things are good in Fort Worth. Isn't Oklahoma the only team to have um, a Final Four team in the cultural Playoff in basketball in the same year? So far, if I'm not mistaken.
1: So far, I mean, Florida had been 16th.
2: Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, and I'm saying like you just talk football playoffs, yeah, yeah, college football playoff and finals,
0: yeah, because that would have been sixteen or the yeah. 15, 16, <laughs> and then Oklahoma with Buddy Heald,
2: yeah, I and I know Baylor, you know they they did it reverse where they won the national championship. Oh I know the football team they didn't make it. Never mind, they just won the they've Big never 12. made it. Yeah, yeah, they just won the Big Twelve.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> suppose we'll uh, we'll preview. We'll preview the national title game a little bit uh, down the road here. We're going to go up to the NFL. We're going to go over some playoff scenarios right now uh, to win the the AFC South. It is Jags-Titans on Saturday. Jags, whoever wins, they're in. There is a scenario where the Jags can lose and still get in. They need the Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers to all lose. For, for that, that mean, to happen, what in the
2: hell? Or is that just everyone? They'd all be they'd all be eight, eight and nine. nine. Oh Jesus Christ! What a shit <laughs> show. Some, right. Some of these scenarios are just absolutely wild.
0: Yes. Yeah, so mean? I'll I'll go over them and then the for the for the AFC North, Bengals, Ravens, whoever
2: wins. Uh, both teams are in. They're just playing for a seed. They're playing for a home game. And yep. Probably a chance to play the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Call me crazy here. Pump, I'm pumping the brakes on this real quick. Would I almost wait for it, folks, rather lose that game and then have to play Jacksonville on the road? They're Robin, really even like, though
0: I don't know if you'd want to play Jacksonville on the road because that place, when they when they are good, they, they get rowdy. That pool true. will be filled up. It's going to be hot.
2: Oh, it's going to be hot.
0: That offense is starting to click a little. And Trevor Lawrence in a big game, that I've seen it enough time. That dude shows out. He's usually pretty good.
2: Yep. And, you know, their defense is flying around right now too. Yeah. And, you know, Dougie, Dougie P could have benched some starters last week and said, no, this game don't matter. But he, he gave the Texans everything they could handle.
0: He took everyone out of that. That was, a, a, that was a good win two. for them where they just went on, on the road going into a Again, did what they should have against the, a lesser opponent, and just you know humiliated. Him.
2: I understand Houston's like two and thirteen and one on the year, but anytime you go on the road in the NFL and put up what 31, 34 points and only give up three, you're doing something right.
0: It was like twenty one yeah. nothing at half or something, and mm-hmm. wasn't close. Do you guys want to hear the uh, the scenario for the seventh wild card for it's each team that's stupid. in the running?
2: I need it all. I'm my brain confused.
0: Okay, so we'll start with, which we already covered the Jaguars for the 7th seed. Who of the three teams do you guys want next? Patriots? New Patriots. Dolphins. Actually, you know what? No, you know what? We're going to go Steelers because I don't think I named the episode, but we're, we we name this is episode 58. So it is the Jack Lambert and Derek Thomas episode. St- shout out to Derek Thomas. Honorable
2: mention, Von Miller. Fifty-eight is a good number. Good NFL number.
0: It's a it's a very underrated number. Do you guys know who Jack Lambert is?
2: Well, duh. Okay.
0: Uh, Ethan, do you? I honestly have no idea. He was a linebacker for the Steelers. Miss it. Missed this. Was missing. Just just look the guy up, and 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 you'll understand why the why we we named the episode after him. So. The Steelers, which, great job by Mike Tomlin. That throw Kenny Pickett made on Sunday night was an incredible throw. That is an NFL throw, and that's why they drafted him where, because when he threw that, Najee Harris wasn't open. But But by the time the ball got there, he was open. Steelers won. And now Mike Tomlin's got a chance. If they beat the Browns, he's still never going to have a losing season in the NFL. That's incredible. And... And they seem to seem to uh, like the direction they're going with Kenny Pickett. I still think they defense outside of the pass rush needs a lot of help. I still got to work on that offensive line. But that's an off-season podcast where we'll figure out the Steelers' struggles. Maybe Mike Zier will come back on and discuss the Steelers with us because he's a Steelers fan. But so the Steelers, they have to beat the Browns. They need the Dolphins to lose and the Patriots to lose. Okay. The Dolphins They need to win. They need to beat the Jets and the Patriots to lose. Doesn't matter what the Steelers do because the Dolphins have the head to head. One question on the Dolphins. Who's our quarterback? Yes. Uh it'll be Skylar Thompson and Mike Glennon.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> to be honest, Skylar Thompson
1: hasn't been terrible.
2: No, he hasn't.
0: He hasn't? No. And who do the Dolphins call? The, their offensive line and, and, and yes. the play calling has not helped them out at all.
2: Mike McDaniel is.
0: And wasn't he there running, the, the running game czar in San Francisco, the quote-unquote running game
2: czar? Well, yeah, he put it together. He didn't call plays, though. Yeah. Uh, but allegedly his title was, yeah, offensive coordinator slash running game coordinator.
0: Well, if he I, Dolphins I'll, I'll cool. say this. He's done a better job than Nathaniel Hackett. So. He's got that going for him. The bar yeah. was pretty low with him. Also true. Uh, and then the Patriots, they have to beat the Bills. They they uh, yeah they have to beat the Bills or the Dolphins have to lose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so back up. So so they win versus Bills. They're in. So they win. They win it in. That's the clearest route. Okay. The pay, uh, if they don't win, they need the Dolphins to lose, Steelers to lose, and the Jaguars to win.
2: Okay, so here's my question: What happens if the Jaguars lose, the Patriots lose? Well, I guess if they all lose, the Patriots would keep it. No, so it, it,
0: so if the so if the Patriots, Dolphins, Steel- Steelers, and Jags lose, the Jags would be it. Oh, that's right. Cause yeah, that was the that was the first scenario I said is that the Jaguars get in if there's a if they lose versus the Titans and the a it, it loss by the Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers. This league, baby. That,
2: that's just absolutely dookie. <laughs> I you know what I'm here for it. I hope it. Ha- I hope it happens. So there's going to be a- absolutely utter utter chaos this weekend.
0: Oh, absolutely. So. So what, uh, what? 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 What do you guys think happens? What's? Uh, what? What? What are? What are your brain biscuits turning up in your heads of yours? What's going to happen? What do you guys think happens? I. I think the Jags beat the Titans. Titans are just way too beat up. It sounds like Derrick Henry's going to play. I think. Well,
2: yeah, but they're starting Joshua Dobbs at quarterback.
0: Ex- that. That's why I think the Jaguars. And- the Jags win. We also probably shouldn't underestimate Mike Vrabel, but. But the problem is... You know, they're, they're, they're almost too beat up, and I think yeah. it's too much to overcome. So, Jags win. Jags are the four seed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yes. Bengals, Ravens. Lamar's probably... It doesn't sound like Lamar's playing. I don't know
2: if he's even practiced yet. I think the Bengals are going to come out a little sluggish just because of what they saw on Monday night, but the Bengals win.
0: Yes, and that game... Yeah, that's an 11 o'clock game. That game's at home as well. Yeah, and you know, Skyline they, Chili will be flowing.
2: They lost earlier this year in Baltimore too.
0: Yeah, the I, I think, and the, the Bengals are playing really, really well too. Oh yeah, they're hot. that's another part of it. The Ravens have kind of limped their way in. They haven't. They, they they might be like the most under the radar playoff team where they've just kind of chugged along throughout the year. And oh hey, we clinched last week. Mm-hmm. It seems like almost. I don't know if that's if you guys think feel the same way about them, but the the Ravens are kind of forgotten
2: about. And I think that they're just always hurt. That's the problem. And, and, and Lamar's Lamar, unfortunately, misses the last four games of each season. Yeah. With either, you know, a bone bruise or a sprained knee, like he has this year. So it's true. See, so yeah, I think the Bengals win.
0: Okay. I think so now we, now we get the wild card. Patriots, they play the Bills, and I I know the Bills. They were back at they were back at work today. I know they had there wasn't much. It was basically meetings and a walkthrough. I'm sure they're still all shook up. That game it's in Buffalo. That game is in Buffalo, so I bet you that crowd is going to be rallying behind them. That's going to be a tough one, I think, for the Patriots. I'll say they lose. Patriots are done. I, Yep. Uh, the Dolphins play the Jets. I don't know who's playing quarterback for either team. Whoever it is who isn't is going to be start their starter at the start of the year next year because Tua's not playing. Teddy's out. Skylar Thompson is a rookie. And Mike Glennon, that guy hasn't won a game, his, he's 0 and he's 0-10. Probably hasn't won a game since 2002.
2: His last start at North Carolina State.
0: Yeah, and and then I think I've talked myself into it. I think the Steelers are going to be playing, being get that seven seed.
1: I don't know. I don't care who the Jets put on the field at quarterback. I don't think it's better than
0: anything uh, the Dolphins
1: are going to put out there.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know what, Ethan? You're I think, I think the Dolphins
2: sneak in. No, you know, I, I, think, I, I, I think the Dolphins win because, to Ethan's point, Skyler Thompson has been playing well, and it's a win or go home, and I, I think Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill uh, and Jeff Wilson are going to have something to say about this.
1: All due respect to, to former Gopher great Chris Streveler. if he's the best quarterback the Jets can put on the field, you're in trouble.
2: Yeah, you're screwed, if that's the point. Yeah. Well, you're is, is Mike White not playing? He no, is, he's back,
0: but, but he's back. Um, but he's still. I mean, we, his his shelf life is about five to six games. It's very similar to like a Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like these guys are nice backups, and they can win you, get you out of a get you out of a jam. They're 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 middle relief pitchers that they're basically are they're, glorified they're, starters in the bull in in the playoffs where they'll pitch five or six innings. Or
2: you know, when Ethan says, when Ethan calls it a bullpen game, you have that guy come out.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. That's who. That's who those guys are.
0: Nothing wrong with it. And you know, you know what? They're going to win a hell. They, they've made a hell of a lot of money.
2: They're guys you want to have in your facility. Yep. Um, because they're good backups. That your teammates, the whole team loves them, and the coaching staff loves them. They're going to prepare like they're starting. And when you're sitting in the sauna or the steam room afterwards, and you're hanging out with those guys. Yeah, you want you want them in there. You want you want to have a beer with them, but they're they're not franchise guys.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think yeah, the dolphins.
2: I think the I, dolphins wiggle wiggle yeah. worm their way in.
0: I would, I would agree. And let's go. Let's go to the NFC scenarios. So uh, this one it's it's not as uh the uh the wild card this it's it's a lot more straightforward kind of, but so the NFC scenarios, the one seed we'll go over the one seed. The Eagles, they clinched the one seed with a winner tie versus the Giants, which congratulations to the Giants. Brian Dable is hands down a coach of the year candidate hmm. for sure. I mean, he made Daniel Jones look competent. Uh, just an outstanding job by him. Giants are in the fr- they're back in the playoffs since uh, the boat. Well, yeah. Ho- hopefully, they don't. They all don't go down to Miami for a few days, like the last time. And they, so the Eagles will win with the winner tie are the one seed with a winner tie versus the Giants, a Cowboys loss or a 49ers loss. The 49ers get the one seed if they beat the Cardinals and the Eagles lose. And the Cowboys, there's still hope. So I, they won last week. So if we're on the roller coaster, they're still winning the Super Bowl, right? Yes. Help me out here, guys. That's okay. A of,
2: of, of said ride. You're, you're, <laughs> on, you're on your way up to the apex. That's like my – uh,
0: that's my, like, my Jean Short New Balance uh, – Des Bryant, uh, old-school Cowboys jersey, faded alter haircut. ego. Yeah, yeah, that that that's yeah. like the my my stereotypical Cowboys it's, fan. It's the starter pack. That's where we're, we're going to the – we've been boys, and we're going to the Super Bowl, it's right?
2: The, it's the Cowboys starter pack.
0: Okay, so we're still on that. So they didn't get the one seed hey, if they beat ESPN, the Commanders, yes, and the Eagles lose,
2: yes, and a yes, 49ers yes, loss or tie. ESPN says it's a 2% chance the Cowboys – Get the number one seed. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> I gotta get that get a, get that for a button. Yep. Uh Well, I'm gonna. Can I answer this question in terms of the NFL yes seed? Uh, it's gonna be the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: I would agree with the, you.
2: That game is that game's in. It's in Philadelphia. Yep. And they're playing a team who's locked in as the sixth seed. I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna take their guys off and they're not gonna start anyone because Brian Dable might as well, it's kind of just like a WP last week, keep these guys going and try to get the good the good mojo going. But I think Jalen Hurts is coming back. And Jalen yes. tossed this um Giant secondary a couple weeks ago, absolutely cooked them. And I think the Eagles are gonna be pissed off after losing two games in a row. I think Jalen comes back, calms the nerves, Eagles get the one.
0: Okay, that's settled. The NFC East can be won with the Eagles win or the Cowboys lose. And for the Cowboys to win the East, it's just vice versa. Cowboys win, Eagles lose. So now this is where it gets fun, boys. The number seven wild card, this is between three teams again. Well, no, the AFC was four. Never, never mind. So Packers, most straightforward, easiest win, win it in. The Lions can get in if they beat the Packers, Seattle loses or ties, or they can tie the Packers and the Rams and Seahawks tie and the Commanders beat the Cowboys. That's Jesus. how the Lions get in. That's how the be
2: Commanders a... beating the Cowboys who mathematically eliminate. Never
0: mind. Just... I don't know. I found it on the Internet. Uh, I... I found it on CBS. It looked like a f- – a legit website, so you know what I went with it. I'm not sure what that has to do with There's any of it. Some weird tiebreaker, or something between. Yeah, the, that's what teams. I'm thinking. Whatever. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And Seattle gets in if they beat the Rams and a Packers loss, loss or tie to the line, or. Yep. Or they tie the Rams and the Lions and Packers tie and the commanders lose or tie versus the Cowboys.
2: What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> that is so much to digest, I don't know what to say.
1: I, I think I figured out the whole both if the Packers, Lions, and the Seahawks, Rams tie, why Washington comes into it. It's got to be something because all three of those teams would be tied. It has to be something with
2: conference record.
1: At that point, oh, could be. Uh, they all
2: played the Commanders. Well, the Packers lost to them, and the Lions beat them.
0: The Lions beat them. Yep. yep. And then hmm. Seattle
2: beat the Lions. Okay, yeah. So Seattle like, like, like- and and I don't, don't know and I don't
0: know if Seattle and the Commanders. I don't know if Seattle and the Commanders played though.
2: I don't think they did, but to Ethan's point it all comes down to record and conference.
0: I think that's what it comes down yeah. to. Mm-hmm.
2: Still have no idea why that tie for whatever it is is in there. Yeah,
1: what that's just
0: that's just straight dookie. No idea. I am not seeing Seattle. Yeah,
2: Commanders in Seattle did not play this year, but um, no. So I think it's going to come down to Sunday night. It's going to come down to Seahawks and Packers because I think the Seahawks beat the Rams pretty easily. That game is that yeah, and that game is in Seattle. So yeah, the 12- Century Link's going to be going bonkers. The twelves are going to be fired up. The Rams, it's a lost year. Um, you know, with all these injuries. And just, you know, being shitty as the defending champs. They, they got their flights to Cabo booked. So, I'm going to say the Seahawks win that. And I saw a stat today, guys, that Aaron Rodgers is 4-0 in playoff games where he needs a win in the last week of the regular season to get in. And I, I think we're going to make it 5-0 and on Sunday.
0: Yeah. but then, uh, Well, but then... you know, we did say this, though. This We did after after hard knocks and the lions concluded they did say this the that playoffs. they would knock a team out of the playoff is this the game is this this is you know if you're the lions and you're looking at this this is the game that you're looking at and saying this is where we we really can say we as a franchise we've turned that corner of we aren't the we aren't the lovable loser lions mm-hmm. that we've been for the last since Barry Sanders was there True, you know. I think they Lions win, team. and and I think it's. I think if Seattle wins in the aft in that afternoon game, they're, I think that, that might even be a more dangerous Lions team because they have nothing to play for. They're going to be throwing the kitchen sink, and I mean, they're Super that, Joe Barry is still the D coordinator for the Packers. He's bound to screw. I I think if you're the D coordinator for the Packers, you're your job is to just screw shit up.
2: It's part of the, it's part of the job description.
0: Exactly. And, and their special teams is still, they've been better, but I, they still have a lot, of, a lot of gas. They had a block punt last week against the Vikings, and we won't discuss that game at all because there was nothing nope. to discuss and that was other a, than well, the block punt. That was the a Packers game. game. The,
1: the Packers' uh, play-action pass or defense just still sucks, and that's literally what the Lions absolutely excel at. Like that is one hundred percent. That's Goff- the in the league.
0: And Jared Goff, I believe, is four and one against the Packers' lifetime.
1: Honestly, I think the Packers are going to lose, and a lot of it's going to be those two
2: rookie D
1: They're going to create havoc.
2: So yeah, so the so the Lions will play spoilers according to you guys on Sunday in Lambeau. Yeah, so I have not. I haven't said that yet.
0: Okay, but you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be sad if the Cowboys, if Aaron Rodgers is not in the playoffs. Well, why or the if Packers he gets, at all? Because
2: he he's going to have to play the Niners and lose to them in the playoffs again.
0: This is also true, but just when the pack, the pack, there's so much better when P- it's so much better when Packer fans are quiet and they have nothing to say Well, they just, and they're not in the playoffs.
2: They can just go back to their Velvita bath they were taking.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or their local creamier, creamery because they're not that special.
2: Well, yeah, they are in where they only make $45,000 a year.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So... You know, I hope the Lions get in. I think that would be fun to see. I think it would be absolutely electric at some point if they were ever to win the North and get a home game because oh the
2: roof—they—they they might burn Ford Field down. That place was nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. So, I guess we're—we'll uh, just find out and see what happens. And we've got two games left to. Uh, Left to recap, and we're gonna we're gonna start with a game that's gonna be played on Sunday, the FCS national title game between NDSU and South Dakota State. Games at twelve Mountain Time on ABC. So this game is gonna be nationally televised. Sunday. As, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yep. They uh, there was an opening slot for. On ABC that day, so they decided. You know what? Why not put it on nationally tele national television? South Dakota State's five point favorites. Uh, they played once earlier this year. NDSU blew a twenty one seven lead. Uh, this is going to be first championship matchup between the two. Uh, they've met four times in the playoffs before. NDSU's won all four. Um. And this is a game, I think, for if you're looking at it offensively, Cam Miller against Incarnate Word did not play his best game, throw, have his best game throwing the ball one for 12, missed high on a lot of passes. One for That ain't going to cut it. You're not beating South Dakota That's State. Awful. You're not going to beat South Dakota State if you go one for 12. I think Cam knows that. He's got to be the best quarterback on the field. He has to have the best game of his career for sure. Uh, South Dakota State, their defense has been really good. I think NDSU, I think they're gonna have to get some explosive plays. And we're gonna and I've that I've already recorded this, but we did a special preview episode that's gonna be dropping on the seventh with uh the bench warmers host and uh owner of Big Deck Barbecue, Zach Willis. So that'll be released on Saturday before the game. So stay tuned for that. Uh but they're going to need an explosive play. They're going to need like a 50 plus yard TD at some point. Uh I don't think they're going to be able to consistently go and drive down and get uh sustained drives against a solid good South Dakota State defense. Um and when they do get down into the red zone, they have to finish with touchdowns. Field goals are not going to cut it. They're going to have to find ways to get in the end zone which is which they've in championship games that's what they've been able to do is they've been able to find ways to get into the end zone instead of settling for field goals defensively they they have to contain Isaiah Davis the big thing is i think he, he's going to get yards they just can't let his his runs his big runs become big big runs you know keep that you know a 10 yard gain isn't the worst you know if they're able to limit limit him to that i think they're going to set themselves up for a for a shot to win. Um, another one is Grenowski who's they've they've seen an uptick using his legs more more in the running game as he's gotten healthier as the years gone on. Be alert for that and also try to limit that and don't let him keep him in the pocket, get pressure on him, don't let him get out and extend plays, which is going to leave open. Guys like the Yankee Twins and Tucker Kraft who can get open who are very good receivers, and then they have to get pressure. You know they they're going to need three plus sacks, force at least a couple of turnovers, to have a shot. Steal a couple of possessions if you're NDSU on defense. Uh, be alert for some trick plays because that's a, versus NDSU. That seems to be when South Dakota State likes to pull out those trick plays, and then. Finally, like I said on the offensive end of the ball for for NDSU on the defensive side, find ways to bow up and make South Dakota State kick field goals in the red zone. Because field goals aren't going to beat you, aren't going to beat you. If NDSU is able to hold them to field goals, they're going to have a shot. It's going to be their toughest battle. It's going to be their toughest, the best team they've faced in the 10 years in Frisco, considering all the injuries, the talent on South Dakota State. It's gonna be an uphill battle. And I think if you're NDSU, you're playing with house money. You embrace the underdog role, which I think is the most dangerous NDSU team is a team that thinks they're get they're not getting respected. They feel like the underdog, like they have nothing to lose. And they've got a shot to avenge a loss from the uh from a game that they felt like they probably lost more than they South Dakota State won.
1: Can I say, I've said all year South Dakota State's the best team in the country. I still believe that. Um, honestly, I could think you can make an argument saying NDSU's a little lucky they're here uh, after a couple of calls you late couldn't. in that game went NDSU's way. But uh, I just think SDSU's better. I think they're going to run on them. I don't think NDSU's quarterback will be able to get those passes. I don't think he'll go one for 12, but Cam Miller is not a good quarterback. And I don't think he's gonna be good enough to beat South Dakota State as he didn't as he wasn't good enough the first time either, and that was at home.
0: Good. I'm glad. That's good. You think that?
1: I mean I'm not wrong.
0: I'm not saying you are. I'm I'm glad that you're picking South Dakota State. That's good. But you know, that's also, you know, there there's there there is a rule that you should never go against, and Grant knows this rule. It's from the Godfather. It's you never
2: go against family. Well, you know, and with that logic, Ethan doesn't view Dylan as family, and that's fine. Yep, I, I guess so. I'm not here to tell people who's family and who's not family, but I will say this: if NDC wants to win this game, they can't miss tackles, and like you said, Dylan, they can't they can't turn the ball over because the first time that they're underdogs, and you know, on paper, they're not the best team. in in this game. So they, they got to play clean and they got to play mistake free. And, and if they don't, you know, it's probably going to be the first loss in a title game, you know, that, that they've had. So it'll be interesting, but I'm just, I'm just kind of glad to finally see that this is an actual title game because it's, this is the game that the FCS needs. If they want to push their brand, because you're going to have probably what, two of the top, Four or five fan bases out there, um, you might actually get some more people to watch on TV now with the ratings. So it's just you know, all in all, it just it's it's good for the sport to have. They it. might have more.
1: They might have more viewers in the
2: Rose Bowl. It could. I mean, the Rose Bowl this year that, it seems very much like a dud.
1: It was the lowest rated it, Rose Bowl ever. Only ten million people watched
2: that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It just seemed like you're just a real dud of a game. Wow! Well, especially once Rising went out, yeah. And even, to maybe even before that, the fact that it wasn't on New Year's Day,
0: yeah, that maybe, was stupid.
2: Uh, yeah, something just didn't feel right about that. But back, back to the Bison game. Yeah, like I said, they're they're just gonna have, I think, have to keep it clean. And if they kind of play with their food like they've done, and you know some games this year, it's gonna come back to bite them in the ass. Yeah, it's there's there's no bones about it. If NDSU wants to win, they're gonna
0: have to play have their best performance of the year. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're gonna we're gonna let the chips fall where they may, and we're, we're gonna find out Sunday what happens. If NDSU wins, I might be very very insufferable.
2: Just a heads up. I think I might come down with uh, no technology, and my house works, so I don't so I don't have to talk to you for about ten days.
0: Yeah, no, you couldn't do that.
2: I said I don't even know what the longest we've ever had where we've gone where we haven't talked for. Like I said, I said I might. I'm not saying I will. You might. But I'll give you
1: Craig's me. number. You can text him about it.
0: I don't know who Craig is. It's it's my dad. Kids. Come on, man. Oh, the gotcha. oh. It's the
2: Jack. Okay. Come on. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, South okay. State. That sounds,
0: I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I forgot your dad went to uh, South Dakota State for a oh, yeah. second there, but okay brain sdsu 12 p.m mountain time on sunday on sunday we'll have a preview with zach out saturday that'll be dropping at midnight on saturday so stay tuned for that hit the subscribe like on wherever you get your podcast and on youtube as well stay tuned for that and with that Let's move over to the national title. That's going to be played on Monday at SoFi Stadium, which they are not allowing tailgating.
2: Can you believe that? So there's probably no parking lot. Yeah, it's no parking. A,
0: yeah, no. Stupid. It is stupid. And stupid. Also, why we should be playing a national if a champion if a national championship game is in LA, it needs to be in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl,
2: not just LA, California.
0: California, yes. Yeah. But at five this one's at five thirty mountain time on ESPN. Georgia right now is a twelve and a half point favorite in this game. I think if you're Georgia and you're looking at this, they the secondary has been a disaster their last two games against LSU and against mm-hmm. Ohio State. That's they've got to figure that out. They've got to find a way to keep Quentin Johnson in check i i think you almost have a you almost bracket him and you know you have somebody pointing him out at all times where he is on the field because he's gonna be a top ten pick in this year's draft uh the other part too with t c u is is i is Kendra miller right now it says he's questionable i'm not sure if he's gonna be able to play i think if he if he's able to play that's where you re- you'll really see t c u TCU's offense take off because with his running game, he is him and Max Dugan, they're both very effective, and that's really where when they're they've got the run the run game going, and it opens up the play action and the the passing game so much more, which they want to do. And I think if you're uh, Max Dugan, or well, uh, and if you're TCU, the big thing is is similar to what they did against Michigan. Win on first and second down on offense, you know stay ahead of the chains, make it third and manageable, and don't let that pass rush for Georgia where they can just tee off go where it's obvious passing situation and I think with a strong run game, they're going to be able to do that, and the other part is is they have to execute on on third down. I think they have to convert at a fifty percent clip to have a shot shot to win this, and if you're Max Duggan. You've got to have the game of your life. You have to go Vince Young in '06, Deshaun Watson in 2016, second half Tua Tagovailoa. Uh You have to have that. You have to have a Vince Young type of moment, or a, in a sense, a Heisman moment,
2: to beat beat a team like Georgia. Well, and and also, you know, like you said um Georgia's secondary has been you know has been suspect to say the least um in these last couple of games. Well if Jalen Carter and the rest of that front four can't get after Max in the TCU offensive line, with Sonny Dykes being a disciple of Mike Leach and this air raid offense, they're gonna find holes in this defense. They're gonna find a matchup they like. They're gonna take advantage of it. It could be a long it could be a long day at the office for Georgia. So then in return, George knows that. And what's Kirby going to try to do? Probably try to do something Michigan didn't do and, identif- and um, you know, own the line of scrimmage and try to really slow this 3-3-5 defense down. So I'll be intrigued to see on a short week or, you know, a limited time to prepare, how does Georgia get ready for this front that they haven't seen all year? Um, how much How much, you know, live practices are they doing where they got guys slanting and offensive linemen need to talk and react or are they just going to learn on the fly? That'll, that'll be something interesting to see if Georgia can, if they can um, establish the running game early in this game because they figured out this three, three, five defense in this front. And if they can't TCU is going to hang around in this game, but also for TCU, you can't have your quarterback go nine of 23 at one point in this title game like he was against Michigan. If you're not and yep. 23 against Georgia, it's going to be 27-0. to zero.
0: Yeah, I think another thing, too, if you're Georgia, I think it's very important your your D-line is able to get pressure without blitzing mm-hmm. and drop those linebackers back into coverage and really close off those throwing lanes and make it difficult where Dugan, he doesn't have time or he's staying in the pocket where he's not able to scramble and receivers aren't able to move around based off what he's doing.
2: And then if you when you get to him, you have to get him on the ground, unlike what Michigan was it wasn't able to do. Yep. Where he was just running around um doing whatever, making plays with his legs. So then receivers, they abandoned their normal route and they just tried to get open because their quarterback was running for his life. And they made a lot of good plays with that. So you know, George and Georgia did the same thing against Ohio State. They got the initial pressure, but couldn't contain Stroud. And Ohio State got big, big plays off that. So, Max will do the same thing.
1: I'm going right where Grant went with talking about the run game. They need better balance. I mean, 400 – well, just under 400 passing yards to 130 rush yards, like, that's not going to cut it versus TC1. I don't think they're going to pass for 400 yards anyway. No. But you're going to have to run the ball. Like, you're going to – I mean, they average five yards a carry versus Ohio State. That's great and all, but it didn't honestly really feel like that. Um, no. See, anytime they had to get yards, it was a pass play. So that's going to have to change, but for TCU, it's honestly the same thing. Keep the running game going a little bit, mix it up the pass, get Quentin Johnson around the field, get him in those mismatches, is really kind of hide him. I guess they did that versus Michigan really well.
2: Well, and then you know, Kaylee Ringo, he tried to go one v one with Marvin Harrison Jr., and he that didn't go well. Yeah, it, it did not go well. Um, and you know, Quentin Johnson, he's not Marvin Harrison Jr., but he's a damn good receiver. And if if Kaylee's having a bad day. Um TCU Georgia then might Dylan, like you said, might have to bracket Quentin Johnson. But if that's the case, this Sonny Dyke's offense with Lincoln Riley's brother calling the shots, they're gonna find that one on one matchup and they're gonna expose them. With with this air raid, it's just can TCU keep Max upright.
0: Yeah, well and, and back to your point, Ethan, the four hundred pass yards. That that's also due in fact because Georgia got behind by two scores late in the fourth quarter where they had to throw. I think Georgia needs to play this. Georgia can't do what Michigan did where it was, the game was played on TCU terms. I think right away, I think Georgia kick a field goal. If you go down that first drive, you don't get in the end zone, take the points. It gets something. It's better than nothing. And then, you know, what Michigan had to do is they were chasing TCU the rest of the day, and that's not that's not a good
2: recipe. Well, and you know, guys, for... Georgia Georgia wants 450 yards of offense. Who doesn't? But they want 200 of that on the ground. Mm-hmm. I'd say 300. Yeah, but, like, in all seriousness, if they can do – if they have the kind of game that they want to have, they want to have 250 on the ground, and they want to have Stenson yep. throw for, you know, 200 to 200. 225 Yep. and part of it and
0: yeah so i i don't know if i'm ready to pick tcu to win yet but you know because but they've you know everybody has written them off at every step of the way you you know in the regular season kansas state Mm -hmm. oklahoma texas they were going to lose all of those games and yet they've found ways to win. Part of me says this feels like a like a St. Peter's versus North Carolina run, where it was like, okay, you guys have you guys have been a nice story. We're gonna we're 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 Georgia, we're the big boys. We're gonna show you how it's done, type of thing. But the other part of it is, on the flip side, is is it is very hard to repeat as champions. The last team to do it was Alabama in 2011 and 2012. That's the other part of me where it's like I'm trying to find a a balance in between it. Yep. So I i think I think Georgia wins, but I think TCU covers the 12-and-a-half. I think that's fair. And that if if, if, that any, closer people if think. I bet on anything – if I bet on anything too, I think my the safest bet might might be TCU in the first half. I don't know I don't know what the line is, but mm-hmm. that seems like probably the best bet cuz I think they will come out with their hair on
2: fire ready to play. Yeah, I'm with you, but also I think also for Georgia's sake, that game they had against Ohio State was exactly what Kirby Smart wanted. Yep. For that, them to that's, come around. that's the other part too. They think they think they're better. They're better than everyone else. We're going to come in. The game's in our backyard. We're going to beat the hell out of these guys. Whoa. Nope. They they came out. They're ready to play. They're taking it to us. We needed to look ourselves in the mirror, recompose, and come out and finish this game. Now that might be a thing where TCU should be worried about because Georgia is locked in. And when Georgia has needed to be locked in this year, no one's getting within three touchdowns of them.
0: Yeah, and now now I'm back to I'm thinking maybe I might pick Georgia to cover the twelve and a half. It's and it's also because TCU played an incredible game against Michigan. Georgia, by their standards, they did not. And you see that happen a lot of times where a team in the semis plays the game of their life. They play one of their best, best. games, dominating fashion, and then the next game they I don't know if they rest on their laurels. They just they're just it's just not there. And then the team that didn't play the best, they they're thankful to make it in. They go and they just blow the doors off in the championship game. We've seen that a thousand times with NDSU, where they've they've had battles in the semis and then the championship games are just blowouts.
2: And and, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. Because I just I think you know, like I said, George is locked in. And then also they already have somewhat of a game plan against this TCU offense. They play Tennessee in early November. Yep. You know, it's that same offense there. And I think they'll be able to lean back and really watch that film and see what worked and what didn't worked. And then they'll be able to imp- implement that on, uh, you know, Monday night this week. And then also I think Stenson's going to sit back and realize you know, I was pretty much out of character in that Ohio State game. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be who I have been all year. And we're going to go out and we're going to win this game. Yeah, so I
0: guess we're going to see what's going to happen Monday night. Can't and you'll have to come back on Wednesday or Thursday to find out what we think, what we saw. We'll digest it all. But let's, uh, let's, let's put a bow on this show. And let's wrap this up with Curveball of the Week. And I have Curveball of the Week this week. So, fellas, it is New Year's. New year, it is the new year. It is 2023. And I think this is like a pretty standard question here. It's just the traditional question is, is what is your guys' New Year's resolution, if you have one? And if you don't say you have one, and just for the sake of saying it. Well, um, I'm running a 10K in
1: June, so I guess that's that's my New Year's resolution. All right. You just okay. got to get that
2: cardiovascular. Um, and- got to start here soon. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Ethan, are you running this in, in, the, in the altitude out there in Colorado?
1: We're actually doing it in uh, Charlotte now.
2: Ooh, that's gonna be worse. Ooh, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be hot. Oh, oh. You're not fun. gonna be... It's at six thirty at night. It's still gonna be humid out. Oh. gonna be It'll humid,
0: humid yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, not... it doesn't rain that day before, because that's gonna be even worse. Won't be fun.
2: Yeah, you're not you're not gonna be able to breathe, my guy. And it's
0: in a wooded area, so I mean, we're
1: probably gonna get you alive know, by mosquitoes.
2: Oh, and you're not gonna be able to breathe because there's gonna be no air flowing around there.
1: Good. Well, what's what's dinner that
2: night, Ethan? It's mosquitoes.
1: Mosquitoes.
0: Well, hopefully you don't end up like uh, uh, um, Andy Bernard on The Office, where uh, when they ran the uh, 5K, and he, when he starts running, nipples start chapping up and you start uh, start bleeding. I don't think so. No? This okay. Well.
2: Just get some Band-Aids over them.
0: Yeah, you just got to put some Band-Aids over them. them
2: off. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I was sure... I was told that in uh, horrible bosses, <laughs> by a apparently not so good man, um, Kevin Spacey. No, he, not 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 a good man. Not a no. good man. Not by any means. Yike! Rooney's there.
0: <laughs> so, Grant, what uh, do you, what, what, you got a New Year's resolution? What what's yours?
2: I don't know if I want to call this a res a resolution, but um, as you guys know, one of my other favorite things to do is just hit the gym and hit the weights, you know, I love working out and such like that. And what I want to do this year is expand on that and um, maybe not, you know, not do a half marathon or a 10 K, like what you guys are doing, but, you know, find like a gym in the cities here where, you know, maybe I could do like some kickboxing or mixed martial arts or like do some boxing training. I'm not, I'm not looking to get into fights with anyone. Just, just train like that. You know, once, twice a week, just kind of change it up a little bit and, um, you know, still lift crazy heavy weights and eat a bunch of food. But like I said, you know, once, twice a week, you know, kind of get on a bag and maybe do like I said, a little, little, little boxing, little mixed martial arts, a little something like that.
0: Okay. I like Ethan, it. What, what's going? You know, what's going to happen is just by like May, every time we go record Grant's going to be sitting on here with like a tap out shirt. He's going to have his back hat on backwards. We have a deck uh, tack too. Yeah, probably a neck tattoo. No regrets. He, yeah, yeah, I, not, yeah. No, I, no regrets. He's not gonna have it on his chest. He's
2: just gonna have it on his forehead. Not even one letter. Not even one letter, son. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
0: uh, and then,
2: yeah, and you're
0: gonna have to you you're gonna have to like have bailed him out like a couple of times because he's. Gone oh, out, it's and the, like or gone gone to gone to a grocery store. Somebody looked at him the wrong way. He popped him in the face
2: with a combination of doing this and watching Yellowstone. I'm just gonna be throwing hands left and right. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just gonna be. I'm just gonna be throwing hands because someone looks at me funny. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. Have the monster energy drink.
0: Yep, yep. You're gonna be going around drinking a monster all the time. Or
2: drinking. Bad. He's gonna. Drinking bang, he's
0: gonna be. Things are still around. Oh, fucking love bang. He's gonna, he's gonna go. He's gonna trade in his Nissan for a for a big jacked up pickup, <laughs> get it all decked out. He's gonna have a lift kit, everything. The like He's gonna have. Yep, he, and he's his license plate's gonna be like flexing or something. <laughs> I'm pumped. At that point, you might as well just move out out to my neck of the woods and just join the oil field and be a rig pig.
2: I was going to say that, or I was waiting for you to pull the, is is Florida man Grant coming out again? You would, I don't need, uh, that
0: might, we, we might have to figure out a new name if that were to happen. That were to
2: happen. Oh boy. Yeah.
0: So I'll, 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 I'll get back to you on it. I don't know if it'll be over a podcast, but I will, I'll think of something and let you know what, and you can let me know, but,
2: yeah, so like I my, said, not sure if it's a resolution, but that's what it is.
0: That, hey, that's a good one. That is something different. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, we wouldn't try to. We, nobody would want to mess with you then. So, you know, we've got it, kickboxer Grant.
2: Always, I'm just you know just a big dude in general. No, or, or are you are 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 you going to be Grant Tate? Oh, okay. like douchey name.
0: You know who you know who I'm talking about, though, right?
2: I know exactly who you're talking about. Because <laughs> he was a kickboxer. Yes, he was. <laughs>
0: uh, well, and he's gonna be wearing. You're, you're gonna be wearing your sunglasses, sunglasses inside all the time.
2: Yep, I'm gonna. I'm gonna adopt. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna find his second brother, and we're gonna be smoking cigars all the time. Uh, while while we're doing a, d- a different podcast, uh, but also
0: you'll be. You'll be no. You'll be. You'll just be sitting up in your upstairs <laughs> watching watching TV with Alec. You're just gonna be lighting up a. Lighting up a stogie, and Alex the, looking at you like, what are you doing? This is my house. You can't smoke in here. I make the rules. <laughs> not you. Not you, peasant.
2: You know, it, it might be your house, but I wear the pants at this house. You know, it's funny. People know Andrew Tate from the TikToks such, but people forget he was a world champion kickboxer. And also, uh,
0: no, he wasn't. A, his dad was a world. He was a grandmaster chess. Mm-hmm. At chess. Wow. Well,
2: which shows why he's maybe not smart, but he can. Put an argument together for anything. He's very. Oh yeah.
0: He he could sell. Uh, he
2: he could sell uh, ice to an Eskimo. Yes, he could. And so, could you imagine getting in a courtroom with that guy? Nope. Oh, nope. You, you'd quit just because he wouldn't stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's why he's an alpha male and we're not. That is
0: correct. And well, mine. Is if you guys follow me on my social medias, I posted it on New Year's Day last year. I read, I read thirteen books. It's something that I, I did in back in twenty twenty. Something I found a lot of just enjoyment and just kind of something that relaxed me, took my mind off of things. Was when I would just sit down for however long and read, read, read a chapter. For a chapter a day, I wish I would have been more consistent. Where I actually said I've read a chapter a day, but didn't always happen. Uh, so this year and last year, I said I was reading thirteen. This year, I'm going to try to do fourteen books. Well, there we go. In twelve months, there you go. So I'm already on book one. It is called "Killing of the Stars" by Bill O'Reilly talks about the death of Elvis John Lennon and Muhammad Ali hmm
2: sounds interesting
0: yeah it it talked about how like fame is is essentially what killed them uh watching the watching the Elvis movie if you guys have seen it it would make sense of how fame eventually led to his death mm-hmm uh and we we talked about this in a group chat so we got some exciting things coming down the pipe is once football season gets over probably maybe even after March madness I would say cuz it's still still a uh, busy time and then after that everything kind of dies down for a while is we talked about this is we're going to do a book club and we'll let you guys know what the uh book is as uh, as that approaches but we i think we have it locked down of what book we are going to do so stay tuned for that and that's all we got for this week you guys thank you guys for listening check us out on all of our social medias facebook tiktok twitter instagram uh 3 GTB podcast on instagram twitter tiktok uh facebook is the three guys talking ball facebook page Be posting content on there. We'll be posting shorter segments of the show on YouTube. Subscribe there. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And got the special episode Saturday that I've talked about. So that puts a bow on this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.